Get it? The Bird Show. Mo is in the doghouse. Mo is in the doghouse. Mo, we did it. What you do now? Try to do the right thing. You did? Did you? That's, yeah, I did. I hope you learned a valuable lesson. Don't ever try to do don't the right do that. Thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't. This is like one of those moments when you feel like you try to do the right thing, and then you just have no way to explain it from your point of view to why it would look like understandable what you did. But uh, I need a. I need to find a way to get out the doghouse bad. So, well, the good news is you're a thousand miles away from her. So your doghouse, <laughs> <laughs> you don't got to feel that doghouse right in front of you every minute. This is true. <laughs> so, um, my, my lady bought some AirPods and one thing I will give her, she does not like to upgrade something or change something until it is like absolutely on its last leg. That's the only time she'll go replace something. I'm the complete opposite. As soon as I see the smallest of problems, I convince myself that I need a new one. So she was using these AirPods for a long time, and they were down bad. I mean, I could barely hear her. She had to have a head at a certain angle so that the reception would work, and she clearly needed some new ones. And for somebody in a long-distance relationship... If, if, if phone is your major source of communication, mm-hmm. you're going to have to have some legit equipment so you have enjoyable conversations. Which is why I didn't try to fix them for about a month or two because <laughs> I had me a little break. But that's not, <laughs> that's not here nor there. So at the time that I saw a sale happen with some AirPods, I jumped on the opportunity. Now, usually with electronics, I don't go to this particular site to get electronics just because I don't fully trust it. But Was it Prime lo- Day? Might have been. Okay. I don't want to put nobody on blast. All right. It might have been. Radio and Shack. I've heard that. <laughs> Shopping at Radio Shack. Wasn't that, that wasn't down that bad. Were you at Circuit City? <laughs> no, I wasn't at Circuit City. Right? And normally, people get electronics from this place all the time. Yeah, yeah. And no, no, no problem, no issues. Now, maybe, maybe I should not have tried to follow the sale in trying to get her mm-hmm. some new ones. Mm-hmm. But I did because I just thought it made sense. So I brought her some to surprise her. And she was over the moon about it because she didn't even want the new one. She wanted the old version. I was like, no, it's on sale. So I'm going to get you the new ones. I'm going to get you the real good ones. And I did. So after about three or four days, they started to not really work either. And so I'm like, well, that can't be. Like, that's a, that's a problem. You need to go ahead and go to Apple and figure that out. Have them look at it, and then we'll get it fixed. So now she, with AirPods in hand, is, uh-huh. is going in person to an Apple store. Yep. And um, wait, wait, what's that look? What's that look? Nothing. You gave him a look. I gave him a look because I know what's coming, and I don't blame her for being mad and putting him in the doghouse. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh huh. You made her look like an idiot, didn't you? Oh, did I ever? Uh-huh. It's not my fault, though. Oh, no. <laughs> you see where this is going? I think I did. Oh, no. So she's like, all right, I'm going to take off of work. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> to go to the Apple store. Which is super easy to do oh, in New York in City. In New York City, right? <laughs> like, the Apple stores, they are ridiculous. I mean, you really have to have an appointment. Even then, you're going to be waiting in a line. So she texts me at the store about to fix the AirPods. And I'm not thinking anything of it. All right, let me know when you're done. And then I get a text that goes, um, yeah, I'm going to need that serial number that from the AirPods. So I'm like. I don't have that. I was out and about. I don't I don't know what that receipt is right now, but I'll try to find it for you. So then she's like, okay, I need it ASAP. So then I get the call and I like she calls me and she's like, um, really? Are you kidding me? So I'm like, what? What did I do? I told you I was looking for the receipt. She's like, it's not about the receipt. I can't believe you set me up like this. I'm like, what are you talking about? She says, I came to the guy, I gave him my AirPods. 
The man took the AirPods in the back, came back out, and said out loud in front of everybody that was there, man, why would you bring these fake AirPods into the Apple store and try to get them fixed? No, no. As I'm on the phone with her, I can hear him going, yeah, tell them they fake. They're not. not, like, tell him to calm down. And so now she looks like a big dummy. And you. Yes. You look like yes. just a deadbeat boyfriend. Yes. I look like I purposely went and got her some fake AirPods <laughs> and thought that she would never find out. And I I had, there was no reason for me to think that they were fake. I went back and read the description. Everything looked legit. I mean, even when they came in the packaging, they looked legit. It, it yeah, like, they all looked the same, like that white packaging. Same exact same thing. Same thing. I, I mean, I literally held them up to my AirPods. Like once I got to the box, <laughs> you can't tell the difference. It's, it looks the exact same. <laughs> But so I told her, I said, I said, nah, tell him run it again. Like when you're going to You got the wrong genius. Yeah. That's not the guy. This guy's clearly, <laughs> he's clearly a new employee. Yeah. He can't tell. This right? is a him thing. Yeah. This is us, baby. So how'd you rectify this whole thing? I had to buy a new yeah, pair. And, and I went to Apple this yeah, time. You did. And, uh, so she's, she's fine. Okay. But um, yeah, I look like a really bad boyfriend yeah. right now. Oh my now. God, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. <laughs> Get it? The Burt Show. All right, so they just found out that the boss, moving on here, has a fake Instagram account to spy on everyone in the <laughs> office. Now, legally, I don't even know if they're allowed to do that, but it, is it shady or not? So as far as we know, our boss was pretty low-key and didn't have any social media presence at all. No TikTok, Insta, Facebook. Twitter slash X, et cetera, or so we thought. Recently, a former coworker told me and a few of my work besties that our boss actually has a fake social media account on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. According to her, he uses these fake profiles to friend and follow his employees, essentially spying on us. Well, I've kept my social profiles private, but I'm not super selective about requests. So I'm sure there are quite a few friends and followers that are strangers to me. After some digging, my coworker and I are almost certain we've identified our boss's fake profile. This person is also on my coworker's friend list and neither of us has any idea who he really is. We've been toying with the idea of confronting him or finding a way to mess with his fake profiles. But before we do, we're wondering if this behavior is somewhat typical for bosses to engage in. It seems pretty shady to us, but some other co-workers don't seem to think it's a big deal. We'd love to know what you all think. Thanks in advance. Mia. Did it say what kind of company it is? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I, 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 I just assumed that it's so hard for me to give an opinion on this because radio is not the real world. No. I mean, the way we do things here and the way we manage things here is just so loose. It's not like corporate America at all. So I, heck, I don't know. No, so like, so corporate America. No, I do. I do feel like there's this is shady, okay? Because um, you want to work with people who you can trust. You want to have like a, um, uh, a, a you want to have a positive culture, and that that involves trust. And it's one thing for the boss to have social media and to follow. Like, if you have social media and it's yours and you're checking on your employees. I mean, that's not part of the game. When you apply for a job that they, they technically aren't 
allowed to use this in in certain cases. Roll eye, hard Hard. eye rolling. Yeah, but they will check out your social media and they will see what you have posted and that could determine whether or not you get a job, right? So in this instance, um, yeah, I think it's creepy. I think anybody you work with, boss aside, that has a fake account and is following people so they can like spy on them is Mm -hmm. inappropriate. Um, Maybe not inappropriate, but it's odd. Would I do or say anything? No. Would I immediately unfollow and unfriend? Absolutely. Yeah, I I think it's definitely odd because of the fake factor in it. I do know a lot of companies do this. They usually just don't hide it, and they will sort through your social media. But in this case, uh, even though I would feel like it's a bit odd that he felt the need to do it with a fake page, me personally, if I want to keep my job, I'm probably not going out of my way to mess with my boss. So I would do the same thing Kristen said and just unfollow it and not Mm -hmm. pay any mind. I don't think it's weird, and I don't think it's shady. Whatever you put out there publicly is for public consumption. Some people just don't want their faces on social and don't want their own accounts. If you're putting stuff out there that could compromise your job, that's on you. Um, if you have nothing to hide, then continue as normal. Mm-hmm. You can always joke around and call them out on it, be like, oh, what's up, username, and say, like, I know you're watching, but I don't. I really don't think it's shady. Weird? Yeah. Shady? Nah. I completely agree, but also I think it's still very shady because it's one thing for your boss to follow you just to see what you're putting out into the world because it is going to reflect on the company. Why does it need to be a secret? Because now to me, it feels like you're on some kind of covert mission to find out what I'm doing in my personal life and use that as some kind of ammunition to affect me at work when it should not matter at all unless I'm doing something like incredibly problematic. Yeah, anybody who has um, profiles online that are not you so you can seek out other people's information listen you got to own it it's shady behavior hey rena good morning you're part of the bird show um it's actually trina um i wanted to kind of play devil advocate if he is interacting and flirting with the employees or messing around with them that's really shady as a fake profile but if he's just got a fake profile to see what they're putting out there it also may be to protect himself. It may be how he's interacting with his coworkers or with his uh, employees and stuff and protecting himself from getting in trouble because it could seem as really creepy that he's following everybody. Yeah, the whole... The whole just trying to be all shady about it seems strange to me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, why hide it? I feel, like, I feel like you have fake accounts. You just got to, oh, you're shadiest, man. <laughs> Get it. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. The Burt Show got to talk to national treasure Dolly Parton about her new book and her new album. So her book, uh, Behind the Scenes, My Life in Rhinestones, comes out today. Her new rock album, Rockstar, comes out in a month. And I'm so jealous y'all got to talk to her. She seems so lovely. Oh, my gosh. She's Dolly Parton. She's the most Dolly Parton thing you'd ever talk to. I mean, (laughs) she could not have been any lovelier, any cuter, any sweeter. I think in all my years of radio, that might be the most excited I've been for an interview. I I started us talking to her just by going, we're trying to be professional here, but we're geeking. (laughs) I mean, it's impossible not to. I mean, how you don't get to talk to icons and just a damn good person. Yeah. You know, through and through. And of course, one of your first questions, you had to come in strong with the hard hitting stuff. Have you ridden all the rides at Dollywood? <laughs> no. Have you I don't ridden? usually ride the rides because I have a tendency to be motion sickness. Plus, I wear wigs and I'm afraid I'll, something will fly out of here. And so I think I'm, I'm going to just let other people do that. I just build them and uh, I just let the other people ride them. 
I love that. She's she's letting everybody else enjoy it and, you know, taking a step back. But you guys also got to talk about the important things like the new projects that she's, that she's coming out with. Like I said, her book that comes out today, Behind the Seams, My Life in Rhinestones, and her new album that drops in a month. The album comes out on November 17th, book on October 17th. Do you want to give us a, a couple of seconds on what the book Behind the Seams, My Life in Rhinestones is all about? Well, actually, it's a coffee table book, and it chronicles my life from the time I started, from wearing my first little outfits that Mama used to make and next-door neighbors or my aunts used to make for me to perform in all the way up through the whole thing. And I tell stories, and it chronicles all of the clothes and the wigs and the styles and I've gone through all these decades that I've been in the business and uh, up till the Hollywood movies and the great designers. But it's also, more than anything for me, I'm proud that I had the chance to actually name names and actually give uh, some credit to all these people that have done this through the years and to remember back things where I was at that time when I was wearing this and laugh out loud to myself, like, what in the world were you thinking when you wore that? Yeah, if there's any celeb that you want a whole book about just to see their outfits throughout the years, I feel like Dolly Parton's definitely mm -hmm. up there because she has such an eccentric sense of style. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a good book. You'll have to check it out. Okay, the military has been having a tough time recruiting new members. We've been talking about this a little bit with that TikTok video that went viral where they explained that uh, women might be getting drafted if the recruiting numbers don't go up. But I feel like this might be the one thing that actually does get the girlies invested. There's going to be a new reality show out kind of Top Gun style. It's called Top Gun, The Next Generation. It's coming in at Geo. There's no premiere date yet, but it's going to follow Navy student pilots throughout their journey uh, during training and as they embark on, quote, some of the most challenging flight tests possible, including landing on an aircraft carrier at sea. I love this. I'll I watch this. It's like a it's like Hard Knocks for uh, Top Gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's fire. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would watch that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of shocked they haven't done this yeah, right? before, like already. Yeah, well, this is the first time that they've ever been granted access to have oh, any kind of yeah. visuals for the pilot training program. But all that's I got to say, if they just have a couple volleyball scenes, a couple, <laughs> couple beach football <laughs> scenes, anybody who looks remotely like Miles Teller, the girlies will be on board. And then we will have an entire army of just <laughs> girlies who love reality TV. I want to see a show shirtless pickleball scene. Make it happen. Wow. I don't, I don't think pickleball gives you the kind of abs that beach volleyball and beach football so. do. All I'm saying is you've hit a certain age. If, if that's what I'm looking if, for. Yeah, if you hunt shirtless guys playing pickleball, you, you have reached a certain age. That's what made me It's a very trendy sport. It is. All the cool kids are playing it, man. Tyler Perry is keeping his word to help a 93-year-old woman in South Carolina. This is such a feel-good story. So this happened a while back, this woman was getting pushed out of her home by an investment group who had purchased uh, about 29 acres, acres behind her property. Now, this is a home that she has, her family has owned since the 19th century. And she's currently living in it right now with her grandchildren. And so long story short, she ends up losing the property. So when Tyler Perry hears about this, he's like, uh-uh, I am building you a five bedroom home to replace it. And so they're expected to start construction pretty soon once those permits are approved. That's How does that awesome. even happen, though? I don't know. Like, not to take yeah. away from the awesomeness that Tyler Perry is doing, and he is, but, like, if that is her property and that is that is her house, how can they just swoop in and take it? Oh, this happens all the time. All the time. Where 
Um, yeah, big communities uh, of these new McMansions are going up, yet there are a few that want to stay in their small house, and the companies will put pressure on them to sell their house. It happens all over the country. Yeah, wow. and it's in Hilton Head, so it is going to be McMansion mm-hmm. land, whenever that starts going on. Okay, this A-list actress says she's grateful her hit show is coming to an end. I'll fill you in on your next e-buzz on The Burt Show. Get it? The Burt Show. The laughter is misguided here. Yeah, it's funny. But if you're getting in on it because you are a parent of a kid that is a freshman in college and you're getting in on this on TikTok, you've created this. That's all I'm saying. There's a dude named Chip Lighten, and he's from Maine. And he's gone viral because he recites the texts that his freshman kids have been sending him since they went away to school. Now, we're not playing right now. Texts from your college freshman. I'm Hispanic, right? No, you're not. Do I have Medicare? Son was late for school, told, told the teacher he had morning sickness. Asked the chemistry teacher, how do I get this sponge soft? Put down mom as his emergency contact and for relationship put good. Sent my 20-year-old to get stamps. Called me upset because they gave her stickers instead. (laughs) Some of this is on the parents, man. One of my favorites is, um, because he has other parents, like, hit him up with, like, the things their kids have asked him, and it's freaking hilarious. Like, yeah, my daughter um, hit me up. She was at the grocery store. I wanted to know where she could find the pasta water. Oh, God. <laughs> it can't be that Stop bad. Stop it. Oh, oh, oh. It's funny, but you got to put this on the parents. Oh, yeah, y'all. Okay. This is on y'all. This, this is y'all. more. Asked for the insurance card at the doctor's office. <laughs> Gave him the car insurance and said, uh, is this the same thing? <laughs> Daughter was at Blockbuster and said, they should have a place like this for books. <laughs> on the doctor form for highest grade completed, filled out A. Asked son to vacuum. Uh, do I just plug it in and like push it around the room? <laughs> Pretty much. Dude, another one of my favorites. A mom filmed this with her son in the car. And um, I think they were going to get his driver's license, if I remember correctly. And they asked him for his social and he gave them his social media handles <laughs> instead of his social security number. Oh, dude, it's brilliant. All right, so what do you got going on in your life you want to share with the Burt Show here? She is in a really tough spot here financially, and the thing that's on her finger is the thing that has the most financial value, and she's thinking if she sells this engagement ring, it sure would help them out with their budget right now. Uh, Abby's got the email. Good idea or bad idea, Burt Show. Like a lot of people right now, my husband and I are struggling financially. He lost his job and we have two kids. We are barely scraping by right now. He's he's on the hunt for a new job, but nothing solid yet, which means some tough decisions need to be made right now. Unfortunately, we don't have any family that can help us out. The idea of selling some personal items came up to help us get through the next couple of months. I suggested selling my engagement ring, which would help out a lot. He's completely against it. He said, under no circumstances can we sell my engagement ring. I understand the sentiment, but it's just a thing. And I think it's more important we get back on our feet, right? Yes, it's sentimental. Yes, it's beautiful. But we got into this marriage for better or for worse. Down the road, we can always buy a different ring to symbolize what we've overcome. Plus, I'll still have my wedding band. I'm contemplating going against his wishes and selling it anyways. Technically, it is mine and not his. I know he'll be mad, but I also know he'll get over it. 
Then once we are more settled, he'll realize that was the right call. I will certainly be sad to sell it. I'm sure I'll cry, but I know in my heart this is the right thing to do for our family. Okay, anybody listening here that's been in this situation before, but not quite like this. So let's say you guys both agreed to do it for budget reasons. Looking back at it, are you happy that you sold it and it was kind of a springboard to get you guys to better finances? Or looking back, do you wish you just would have gutted it out and not sold the ring? one 855 What I don't like about this email here, obviously, is that she's making a whole bunch of decisions here for the family. Mm-hmm. Um, no, she's not. She's making one, and that's selling the engagement ring. Well, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Like, she's like, okay, he's probably, he'll get over it in the future. He'll thank me, like, in the future. But, I mean... That's something I think that should be discussed together right there. And they did. But here's the thing. So so compromise is obviously difficult to come by because most times it's going to be one person's way or, or the other, especially in this instance. So, you know, just because he says no, that's not hit. That that's He says, no, I wouldn't sell it. But it is her ring. So he should win because he doesn't want to sell it. To me, I think it diminishes his experience of picking out the ring, purchasing the ring, proposing to her, and also like every memory that they've had in the early stages of their marriage with that ring. Like this is this is a situation that nobody wants to find themselves in, right? Like this is not a decision that you want to have to make. Something that's incredibly sentimental and has so much symbolism for your relationship versus literally being able to pay your bills. So I really do believe the only way you should be able to sell this ring is if he's on board too, because you're really projecting what you think he is going to feel after it's all said and done. And you have no idea. You could find yourself in even harder financial struggles. And I mean, you'll be grateful that you'll have that money, but I still think it's going to be a strain on the relationship. I think from like a mama perspective, you know, rather than watch my kids suffer in any way, shape or form, I'm selling the ring. I like, that's just like, it sucks. And sometimes making the right decision doesn't feel good, but it just feels like in this instance, as, as hard as it is, and I think there might be some pride and ego wrapped up in that ring for him, totally understandable because of the purchase and the, you know, the proposal, and I get that. But at the end of the day, if when you got two kids involved, you're going to have to do stuff that you don't want to do. If I'm in this situation, it, this would be completely last resort for me. It, I wouldn't sell the ring unless it was just absolutely the last thing we had to do. And I do understand the thought of her feeling like maybe his pride and ego won't allow it, so let me just do it. Yeah. And then I, I get that. But I would be so mad and I would prefer for her to come to me and say, I will only do this if you can't come up with a better option. I would just want the opportunity to come up with a better option. And if he can't, at the end of the day, then I don't think that he can be but so mad that she went on and did it anyway. Is that a grievance you wouldn't be able to get over? If she sold it, like sold the ring without your consent? Mm, nah, I'd get over it. I'd yeah. probably get over it, but yeah. it, it takes some time. Yeah. Hey, Tyler, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. What's going on? Hey, so, yeah, my... My wife actually pawned her engagement ring. Uh, we were struggling a little bit here and there. Um, I was between jobs. Um, she's disabled, so we have one daughter. And it, it was difficult at the time. Um, she told me, she's like, oh, let's just pawn my engagement ring. I was against it at first. And then it was just like with, you know, finances and everything like that, it was it was rough. So I was like, I kind of agreed to with her, like, towards, you know, the end of it. I was like, it was kind of a good idea if we did because now we're all um, finance, financially we're stable. And so we went and got her another engagement ring. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, everything's good now. Okay. Um, it was just, yeah, a real struggle. And, yeah, I'm glad I agreed with her. All right. So we have one for the yep. one for the plus column. And, Taylor, you had to go through the same thing. Yes, I did. I sold mine, um, but I actually went to Walmart and bought a cheaper version of it, so he had no idea. Oh, shut and up, girl. And then once we got out of the financial struggle, then I went and got it back from the pawn shop. And he never, ever had never any. Knew. Wow. Wow. Oh. So good to be a guy and clueless, man. man. Yeah, I know. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can nice. see a woman doing that and then getting mad that he didn't recognize the difference. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, Jasmine, good morning. There's, there's a reoccurring theme. Yes, we sold the ring, and B, I have no regrets. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were struggling financially, like, really bad. My husband was in um, was in between jobs, and we have um, a couple of kids. <laughs> and I just looked at him, and I said, okay, it's got to go. And he said, all right. And I got another one a couple years later, and I don't care. Like, <laughs> he didn't even have to get me that one either. <laughs> so you use that. You use that as the springboard to get you in a, a better financial place. Then you ended up getting another ring, and all is good. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much a reoccurring theme right there. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. kind of floored by how many people have actually done it <laughs> yeah, or had right. to do it. I'm not a huge fan of spicy foods, but I do like a bit of spice in other areas of my life. Reality TV fights, make it spicy. My margaritas, make them very spicy. And when it comes to the spice cabinet you keep beside your bed, you gotta have a wide variety of spices to keep things heated up. If you've been looking for some more flavor to add to your life behind closed doors, Adam and Eve can help you bring the heat with some fun new items to turn up the temp between you and someone else. Or if it's a single girl summer, there's plenty of options for those of you riding solo this year. Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item and they'll include free shipping and rush processing so you can spice things up ASAP. And you don't got to worry about your neighbors noticing your delivery. Adam and Eve ships things out in discreet packaging. So you and Deborah down the street don't have to make awkward eye contact when you get your mail. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item and select just enter offer code Abby at checkout. That's A-B-B-Y at adamandeve.com. This exclusive offer is specific to this podcast. So be sure to use code Abby to get your discount code Abby. Get it. The Bird Show. Cassie, how is co-parenting and mansplaining even in the same zip code? I I need a I need a little reality check from my friends. As you probably know, I'm, why are you asking us? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, oh damn! I'm your friend. I need one from my paid friends. <laughs> Let me put it that way. I am a very hyper independent person, and I really do like learning new things. And I like when people teach me new things, either how to do things or new information I didn't have before. But I really hate being micromanaged. Yeah. And if I already know how to do something, and I think mm-hmm. it's basic, and you're telling me how to do it. It fills me with a rage, and it's probably something I should talk to a therapist about, but I get so pissed off because to me, it's not you helping me out, it's you judging me and you think I'm incompetent and not capable of doing basic tasks. So you've asked for the help, and then when you get that help, no, you no, get pissed? No, no, unsolicited. But if I've asked for oh. help, you know, that's fine. And if it's something, like, complicated that I've never done before, like the first time somebody, my dad taught me how to change a tire, I appreciated that, like I needed to learn. But the other day, my husband, however, let me back up. I, I think I have come to learn that it's not mansplaining, but he likes to be very helpful and share a lot um, of stuff. But like the other day we were driving through Louisiana because I went home and he pointed to a field and he goes, that's cotton. And I was like, 
One, it's white and fluffy, so literally anybody could figure that out. <laughs> Two, I grew up in Louisiana. I've been to cotton fields. I've picked cotton. We go on field trips to plantations and learn about the sordid history. Like, I am very familiar with the crop of cotton, but you, upstate New York man, <laughs> this is your first cotton crop, and you decided to point it out and tell me that the, it's cotton. He was excited, though. Like, he was, it was something he wanted to share and like, oh, cool, that's cotton. And so I try not to take it. I get you. I try not to be, I'm not offended by it. That's too strong of a word. I try not to let it irk with me. And I've reframed it as he is sharing things that he is like kind of excited about with Mm -hmm. me rather than him explaining to me what that is. He doesn't think I'm stupid. He wants to He knows that you mm -hmm. know that's cotton. I don't know that he knows that I know. Okay. (laughs) But he is, it's a childish joy. Like, oh my God, look, there's a thing. I'm going to tell you that's that thing because I want to share with you. So it's not that you're dumb and you wouldn't know that's cotton. So I've reframed a lot of it. But the other day, I was cooking at the stove, making oatmeal for our two children. Now, a little context, he's a stay-at-home dad in the mornings. And then when I get home in the afternoons, we switch. And he does freelance consulting. So he works from home. He doesn't go into an office. So he's the primary caregiver for our children and does an excellent job at it. So he normally makes some breakfast. I'm standing there cooking them. We make this mixed berry oatmeal. And I add the berries while the oatmeal is cooking. And he said, that's not how you do it. (gasps) I wait till the end to put it in because then it cools down the oatmeal for the kids faster. And I'm like, well, at the end, I spread it out on a plate and stick it in the freezer to cool it down. So I have a method. Yeah. This is better. You know that, right? No, it's not because then the berries actually don't get boiled, so it doesn't kill any pathogens. I mean, you're just adding a step about putting it into the fridge, and he's 100% right. But go ahead. But go on. I think we can agree that both methods are valid. Yes. But I am a 38-year-old woman making oatmeal, and my husband is standing there a few steps back from me just watching me. And then he tells me how to make the oatmeal. And the rage I felt, uh-huh. I grew those children inside my body. You think I can't make them oatmeal? Uh-huh. You think I'm not going to check the temperature? Uh-huh. You think I'm not going to mush the berries so they're not choking hazards? Uh-huh. And I just, I, I snapped at him. I was like, I know how to make oatmeal. Isn't there something else you can be doing useful around the house, like laundry? or dish? And I rattled off a list. I'm like, go forth. I was so mad. You're dismissed. I literally said, dismiss. Because <laughs> I'm just like, because I'm so irritated that my husband is I don't think it's mansplaining, but mansplaining to me how to make oatmeal. Right. Yeah. The most you boil it. So, but then I would like check myself as I like to do when I have strong emotions. And I was like, is there another way I could be looking at this this situation? Nope. Is, well, is he not mansplaining? But maybe he has just made the oatmeal so many times. Mm-hmm. He feels this method is best and it's great for our children. So maybe he's being a good co-parent and sharing methodology with me and just not sharing it in the way that I like. Well, his approach was wrong. His approach on it was wrong. By telling you that you were doing something incorrectly, you weren't doing it incorrectly. It was just different, different than what he was doing. So if he made a suggestion, I think that you you and I both share this. We're very independent people, mm-hmm. right? Um, if he is sharing in a way that, look, take the advice or not take the advice, it's going to be way more digestible to you than you're doing something wrong. Will you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Will you scoot over in your boat cause I, so I can hop in it with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, come on, just come on down. <laughs> because, because we're in the same one. And I am not a super independent person. For me, it's you're making me feel incompetent. Mm. And are, are you competent? 
Well, that's his his. I'm asking. That's that's. I'm asking for some self analysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what he says. He goes, "Well, you have proven time and time again that you are not," which is why I say you do these things. And I'm like, "That's neither here nor there, sir. Go sit on your facts, okay?" Um, so I don't think it's mansplaining. I think because you and I are in a similar boat, where our husbands are the primary caregivers in our households, right? Because they're mm-hmm. the stay at home dads. And they do have a certain way of doing things, which is totally fine and totally valid. I have a way of doing things too. And it's not that it's wrong. It's just different. And you do get to a saturation point where you're you're tired of being told you're doing things incorrectly yes, all the time. All the I'm time. like, this is not the incorrect way to do something. Mm-hmm. This is the way Kristen does something. That's the way Bart does something. Yeah, but. And then he goes into like this diatribe of why his way is more effective or efficient or practical or whatever. And at that point... I lose my ass. <laughs> I've told him I don't care, I which is the wrong thing to say, but I'm so annoyed by it. But I know it's coming from a place of love. Yes. I know he's not trying to be condescending and dismissive. I just don't know how to tell him I need the approach differently. The only way I can say it is every time you say something like that, it makes me less attracted to you and we're not going to Okay? I don't want to sleep with someone who is constantly course correcting me. I think he would understand, though, like... You, I, nobody likes to be told that they're doing something incorrectly, yeah. which at that particular moment you were not doing. It was just different. There's got to be some way to communicate that to him so he can tweak the way he's approaching you. Yeah, I, I, I wish. And the thing is, his way might be better. And I'm not, not open to it. It's just, I think it's like Kristen, it's, I feel very competent at work for the most part. And then I go home mm-hmm. and because that is his kind of domain as the primary caregiver, I then mm. feel like I'm not allowed to be an adult in my own house because mm-hmm. I'm not doing things. And it's with everything because he's, and I get it. He's particular. He likes things done well and likes them done correctly. And it served us really well. It's just sometimes I just want to have the freedom in my house to make oatmeal how I want to. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think I just had like a mini epiphany. I think there's another layer of this and it's our mom guilt because we are like working moms Mm. that when we come home and we're being told we're not doing something right, Mm. you just feel like this extra layer of failure because you're already not there as it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that could be it. It compounds. Just let us make our oatmeal the way we want to. (laughs) Yes. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Tommy, we're going to need you to have a come to Jesus moment with your BFF Millie Bobby Brown because she says she's ready for Stranger Things to end and I think a lot of the fans aren't. So Millie Bobby Brown, she's 19 years old, but she was only 11 when she started the role of playing 11 on Stranger Things. So she's kind of comparing it to the senior year of high school. She's like, you know what? When you're ready for something to end and you're ready to move on, you're kind of like, all right, thank you, but I'm ready for the next thing. She says that it takes so much time to film and it takes up so much of her life that she's ready to move on to other projects. And she is crediting the the show for giving her a lot of the tools and resources to become a better actor. But she's done. She's ready to move on. I showed you guys a picture of her yesterday. I didn't even recognize her. She's like an adult and stuff. Uh, yep, she's, she's engaged. <laughs> she is straight up engaged Look, and getting married. That doesn't make you an adult being <laughs> engaged. <laughs> you got to be a little bit of an adult to do it. Otherwise, you're a child bride, but alas. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee, he says he used to drink two gallons of vodka a day because he said he what? liked the way it made him feel. I, 
I couldn't believe it when I heard him say this. So he he was talking to um, Bill Mayer about how he's one year sober, but back in the day, he used to have two gallons of vodka per day. Yeah, I've told you guys, uh, I was witness to this up close and personal. He came in studio one morning and it was like seven o'clock and the dude just reeked of vodka and he was shaking through the interview. And then the night, that night, he invited me to go out and hang out with him at a club and it was the most uh, Tommy Lee thing that you would expect. Debaucherous. Uh, yes, he is the absolute real deal. Is I know he was also shocked in the interview, but I don't know how anybody could survive no. drinking two gallons yeah, a day. How is that possible? I feel like, I feel like I mean, that's so, not something to aspire to nor look up to. No. Like that, that needs, that's a cautionary tale for you right there. You think? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he was so drunk, his units of measurement got a little messed up. But he actually said that he's surprised at how healthy he is. He recently said he did a full body scan and everything looks great. Somehow. How is that possible? Genetics. It makes me so mad. <laughs> Some people are going to live the healthiest life ever and still end up with some stuff, yeah. but here's Tommy Lee drinking two quote unquote gallons of alcohol a day and being absolutely fine. But have you seen that celebs are doing those full body scans? Mm-hmm. It's like not even that expensive. It's like a couple grand. Just do a full scan on how you're looking. Apparently Tommy's doing okay. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, he says that if uh, Travis Kelsey doesn't make it to the Super Bowl or if his brother doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, he wants to throw a big party and have him and T-Swift at it. He can move. He can groove. He's got touchdown dances. He showed them at Grunk Beach. So, Travis, if for some reason, you're not in the Super Bowl once again. And if your brother's not in the Super Bowl, hey, come to Grunk Beach this year. Bring Taylor Swift if you want to come as well. She can perform a song with you dancing on the stage while we're the two greatest tight ends are grooving together, baby. If I talk about people who are in the spotlight, yes. they will put me in said spotlight. Exactly. He's never had a problem being in the spotlight. Yeah, no, no, no. Not at all. I want to be Rob Gronkowski so bad. What I feel like his his brain is just such a happy place to be. I, like just no thoughts, just vibes. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Elevator music. I, agree. Yeah. Elevator music. <laughs> I heard I can't remember if it was on the New Heights podcast or whatever, but somebody was talking about how crazy smart Rob Gunkowski is. Mm. Like you can ask him what the square root of 7,000 is and he can tell you right off the bat, which makes a lot of sense. I feel like you got to have some kind of smarts to be able to do what they do. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff rattling up there. Yeah, I don't believe he's very smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe he can do any of that. There's also this really cool thing going around talking about one of um, Travis Kelsey's teammates. One of his teammates is actually related to one of Taylor Swift's dancers and people are freaking out because they're like, oh my gosh, this means oh they were meant to be because oh he plays with one of her dancers' <laughs> brothers, and he's like a, a prominent dancer. You see him all the time in the in the movie. The invisible string theory, it's real. For more stories, head to thebirdshow.com. Clicky Buzz. The Bird Show. I'll tell you who are 100% right when it comes to parenting. Those that don't have kids. <laughs> and I've said this before that the blueprint for parenting or how you think you are going to be as a parent is so different than the actual game. I mean, you've got it in your head. Mm -hmm. How hard can it be? And then you get into it and you sell yourself out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, my you God. You start making all kinds of compromises, and that blueprint completely goes out the window. I can't believe those parents that allow their kids to be on leashes. I'll put my damn kid on a leash now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this email right here, she's wondering, like, our perceptions about parenthood, do they change after you actually have kids? Oh, hell yeah. Kristen's got the email. Cat- 
Cassie and Kristen. I wanted to ask this specifically to Kristen and Cassie in particular, since parenthood is a relatively new journey for both of you. Bert often says that the blueprint you have in your head for parenthood rarely ever matches reality. There you go. <laughs> did you not proofread this email? I did not. Oh, fascinating. Mm-hmm. I would love to know how... Oh, you don't proofread <coughs> any of them. Anyway, I would love <laughs> to know how true that might be for both of you so far by asking two questions. First question. In what ways did you use to prejudge parents prior to having children <laughs> that you would no longer prejudge them now? Let me give you an example. Years ago, I can specifically recall Cassie judging parents who decided to let their children play with tablets while they were all out to dinner. I wonder if she would be far less judgmental of parents who decide to use that tactic to keep their children calm while out in public now. Second question. What are the things that have been the most challenging for you as a parent that you are not remotely expecting? All of it. <laughs> Most people are aware of the lack of sleep or of how expensive children are, but I wonder what other things have been challenging that have made parenthood far more daunting than you expected. Lastly, just wanted to say that I respect Abby's decision not to have children. I don't think parenthood is anything someone should enter into if they are on the fence. So I hope that having open conversations about how daunting parenthood can be will help to prevent people from casually entering into the situation. My children are 19 and 20 now, and this has been the most difficult 20 years of my life. I sometimes don't think we parents are open enough about how gargantuan the job of parenthood is. It should seem obvious, but for some reason, people are often duped, duped by the cute baby pics on social media and get the impression that parenthood is fun and exciting all the time. That's just totally false. (laughs) You think? So I think it's long overdue for us to start talking about the reality of the parental institution and its challenges. (laughs) Parenthood should never be entered into lightly. So I hope you ladies will help us start this important conversation. I especially want to hear from Cassie because she seems to be the most open about the challenges without sugarcoating it. And I appreciate that. We need more voices like hers. Let me just say this before you guys jump in. Um, Is that I do think that there's a lot more open dialogue these days than there was with our parents, like who always just gave the impression that, oh, no, motherhood is awesome. Oh, I feel so great. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, you'll love being a new parent. I thought that was kind of our parents and our parents' parents. But nowadays, I think there's more open dialogue. I think, yeah, I think uh, millennials and some Gen Xers are too, like they got into parenting and they were like, you guys lied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you lied, and we're not going to let this happen anymore. <laughs> and it is a parenting and being a parent is a beautiful thing. And I've said this before. I have never known this depth of love. Um, and fear. Yeah, and fear. <laughs> <laughs> but it has made me a better person, mm-hmm. and it has also made me an exhausted person. And so I tell my friends who are, like, on the fence about it, don't do it unless you really want a kid and you've always wanted a kid. Mm. Or for the majority, for a while, you've wanted a kid. Don't do it for your partner. Don't do it because you're afraid of missing out or you'll need someone to take care of you in your old age. Those are not reasons because the way your life changes is, it's just, and you can, can't really describe it, honestly. Ironically, I shared this to my Instagram yesterday. I follow at moms behaving badly, which if you're a mom, you 100% should follow. It goes, me, I'm tired. Women everywhere, just enjoy the time with your kids. It doesn't last. Me, I'm said I'm tired. Not that I hate my kids, Janet. I'm allowed to effing feel things. <laughs> and I think that's what it boils down to. Like, it is hands down. And like, this is something I yearn for and I wanted. And Bart and I fought for with years of infertility and two rounds of IVF. So, no, I mean, we did not enter this lightly. Like, we were 
this this was a mission. And I have always felt so torn about being completely honest because for fear of what people were going to think and say and paint me as ungrateful. Like, this is what you wanted. This is what you fought for. It's what you paid for on top of all of that. And now you have the audacity to come on here. And also for my TTC club, for everybody who's trying to conceive, like, how dare I come on here getting my dream came true, right? Like, I got the most precious baby boy ever. So how dare I come on the air and complain one ounce when there are other people out there who would trade me in a second, would trade uh, trade to be in my spot in a second. So I've always felt like I've had to walk this like delicate tightrope of being honest about motherhood while also being like eternally grateful, which I am. But this S is hard. (laughs) And on, you know, and I have one healthy child who has, we don't, we don't have to deal with special needs and none of that stuff. Um, And he's, he is, he's great. He's great. And it's still really effing hard. And the thing for me was the toll it took on my relationship with my husband. Like, yeah, the parenting stuff is hard, but Bar and I, that first year, it was, I mean, that, that, that's probably the roughest year we've had in our 17-year relationship. It seems like such common sense too, right? Is that <clears throat> you're adding a new, a, another human being into your relationship. So common sense tells you mm-hmm. things are going to be different. You just don't realize how much it's going to be different. I mean, your family dynamic is going to change, which is, you know that. I don't you know just if, don't know how extreme it is until they're in the house. I don't know if you realize this, but you're responsible for them 24-7. Right. All day. Like all day. Like all day. Like all day. <laughs> and, the day. Day. and the next day. And on weekends. Ooh. I know. <laughs> I don't even want to be responsible for myself 24-7. I know. And the other thing you don't realize, too, is people make jokes about the sleep deprivation, but until you're in it on one to two hours of sleep on the seventh night in a row, like, it is draining in a way, and that begins to affect your mental health in such a way. Then you add in postpartum depression or anxiety if you have that. So I wasn't expecting any of that. I wasn't expecting how sick I was going to be all the time because of the germs that they pick up constantly. I wasn't expecting the cost of daycare. I feel like that's on me. I should have researched that. I just didn't realize it was going to be another mortgage on top of everything. And that's for one child. Um, I didn't realize that you really do need a village. And if you don't have your village here, Mm. you're going to have to hire them. And that costs Mm -hmm. money. I didn't realize I was going to have the inability to do the most basic of household chores while caring for my kids because you can't leave them alone. So while you're trying to do the dishes, they're trying to face face plant into the edge of the dishwasher into the sharp corner and keeping them alive. Like it's not just feed, clothe, bathe. That's the easy part. It's please don't jump off that couch head first into the wall. Please stop punching the glass. Please stop running towards the stairs. Please stop trying to climb the stairs. It's every time you put them mm-hmm. out, you turn around and they're trying to like turn on the oven or turn. It's just the amount of chaos and mental energy you spend just being like, please don't do the most stupid S you could possibly do in this moment. Mm-hmm. Look at all these beautiful toys. <laughs> and so I start to understand 
parents who use screen time more because it keeps them still so you can just get something done. So let me add to that just to the screen time here thing real quick because the sentence was, I wonder if she would be far less judgmental of parents who decide to use the tactic to keep their kids calm while they're out in public. That was never the reason why Stacy and I were on, uh, let them be on their tablets. We needed time to talk. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't that my kids were all over the restaurants. They weren't like that. But without that one hour of tablet time for them, Mm -hmm. it's the only time that we could converse some days. And for, for me, and it's interesting, and I imagine when I get to, they get to this age, when I think of them on tablets, I think of like teenagers, and I'm like, you can join the family conversation, because that was a big part of me growing up. For, for I have a 20-month-old, and I have stuck Bluey on my phone in front of him just to shut him up at a restaurant so we can eat, and so the patrons can eat, because I don't want to disturb other people. So yeah, I am, and I think getting into it, it's things, it's when you're on the outside. I, I do believe that non-parents are allowed to have opinions about children and raising kids. I, I do. You're part of society too. But when you're in it, you're like, oh, mm. there are so many other factors that you just don't register or recognize or realize are a thing. And when you're in it, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I, I get it now. Yeah, you guys can have that opinion if you don't have kids, but I'm not going to listen to it. Nope. <laughs> Quite honestly, the same way I'm not going to listen to a priest tell me about my sex life. <laughs> okay. I get it. All I right. completely yeah, get it. Yep. The Burt Show. All right, so Katie is looking at one of her friends just a little side-eye right now. Sums up, you don't know what's up. Yeah, and I need some of you all's guidance on this because my trio, it's falling apart right but, now. No. Okay? no. Exactly. No. I know. Right, for your trio, if your trio was Destiny's Child, who is who? No, hey, don't yo, do that's that. that's breaking up. Kristen in a spontaneous game of let's make it worse. No, yes. never mind. Who's Michelle? <laughs> Me. I'm Michelle. I would take Michelle. I would take Michelle. The other two are Kelly and Beyonce. Uh-huh. And we'll say that this one I'm talking about is Kelly. There we go. Okay. All right. So Kelly is keeping some things away from me. And I'm trying to figure out why. Because... I've been a part of this Destiny's Child hmm. for 10 years, okay? Yeah. And yes, I was the last to join, like, literally, <laughs> this little group because they met first. And then I came in and we all actually became really close best friends. Like, these are my best friends who I tell you all that I talk to on FaceTime, like, mm-hmm. daily. And so we also have each other's location. But we're respectful about it. It's not like we're just at home watching TV, checking each other's locations. It's only if we go out together and, you know, just to mm-hmm. know that you're safe. And so because we tell everything, tell each other everything, I would think that if my friend started dating someone, she would tell me like that's something we always have discussed. And it's the first person that she'd tell. Right. Especially if she's excited. That's just what we do. Like, oh, my gosh, girl, I just started dating this new person. And then if she doesn't tell one of us, it's typically both of us at the same time. We won't both know until she mm-hmm. say, hey, guys, I have a confession. Well. Beyonce comes to me mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. says, look, Katie, you can't tell Kelly that I told you this, but Kelly's been dating a guy mm-hmm. for about three months. Oh, three months. It's it's hot and heavy. Like she really likes him and stuff like that, but she doesn't want you to know. And so you have to act like you don't know about this guy. Why did Beyonce do that? Right. Okay. That's the first question, right? Yeah. And then second, I'm in my head now because that's the one thing I'm going to overthink is that if we're so close and we're best friends, why aren't you telling me? Is it something that I said about the last guy you dated? Like, are we, are we not best friends like I thought we were? Are we losing our friendship? Like, what's going on? Well, she had to um, 
Kelly had to have told Beyonce and then had to have to- told her, don't tell Michelle because I don't want her to know. Like, does she not give Beyonce an explanation as to why she wasn't supposed to tell you? I'm pretty sure that Beyonce knows the explanation, but she doesn't want to tell me that either. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if Michelle is honest with herself, has Michelle been really hard on who Kelly has chose to date over the years? Actually, no. I'm harder on Beyonce than Kelly. But maybe really? she's oh. seen that from afar. and She's like, I don't uh, want that for me. I don't want that heat. Uh-huh. If you had to take a wild guess why she didn't tell you, what would be your hypothesis? Um... He's the guy that she typically says she would stay away from. Ah, uh, so she already um, knows that you're going to be like, come on now. You got a pattern here. I try to be gentle, though. That's the thing. I've worked on it. They've told me in the past that I am harsh sometimes, right, with how I say things. And so I've tried to learn from that. And whenever they present whoever they're dating to me, I'll, I'm a little gentle. I'm like, okay, you mm. sure you want to do this? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm. You like it. I love it. And I back off. And so my thing is for it to be three months, this is not even like something that just happened yesterday, like a random one date. It's been months. And Beyonce knows all the details about the whole situation. And, and you're on the outs. And I'm on the outs. I think you got to ask Beyonce about it. Yeah. Like she'll be on. Like why wouldn't, I forget whose name we're using. Kelly. For Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why, why wouldn't Kelly tell me about this? What have I done? Um, t- how am I handling your guys' relationships? What am I communicating yeah. that she might be reluctant to come to me on and be honest with me? Okay. And but- do you think maybe Kelly, it's gone, it's gotten to the three month mark now and she's pushed it off and off and now it's almost like too far gone and she doesn't know how to tell you? Kind of like when you know you have to make a phone call mm-hmm. and then it's been a week mm-hmm. and then it's been a month and, then, and now you're so sheepish and embarrassed to even call because it's been so much time has passed. That could be it, but I just. I just can't wrap my head around why. And I know I can't just go directly to Kelly and say, hey, Beyonce told me. Because then it'll it'll cause a rift between Beyonce and Kelly. Yeah. I mean, Mo, you're uh-huh. you're the closest to, to Katie here. So what could be your hunch? What did Katie do? My, my, first thought, <laughs> my, my first thought was being harsh. I mean, because I'm like that, too. I'm, when, my, when I have something to say about my friend's choices, I say it. I don't hold back. So when they don't come to me about something... Until a certain point of time, I completely know why. I know why I'm the last to find out because I'm I'm the most harsh critic in the group. So I thought that that might have been what it was with you. So and I wonder if you've already ma- if you've made these these adjustments, but your initial impression is so strong that they're not seeing you as the new Katie. Maybe that that could be it. But now I have to figure out my way to weave back in and I guess gain Kelly's trust because that's what I feel like it is. Like you don't. Trust this information with me. So wait, you guys still FaceTime each other every single day? Every day. Yeah. And you're having to pretend like you don't know this information? Yes, and that's even harder. And it won't last long. I'm telling you right now, Katie, it's going to come out. It's, it's going to come out. Harder. You're you not going to be able to hold that. You have zero poker face. I know. Yeah. And you're on FaceTime. I think you got to go to Beyonce first and say, give me some insight here, and then go to And then go Kelly. to Kelly. Yeah. Okay. Because you remember, you, Michelle, you need the group. <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.